Listen, we've been working on this particular series uh, entitled Uncluttered Faith. And the purpose of this particular series is to do just that. You know, our faith can sometimes get contaminated. It gets tangled and other things rush in. At the beginning, we talked about during the time of NASA, when America was trying to go to the moon, they had a woman named Katherine Johnson who worked there, who was an incredible mathematician. And she would, you know, do the measurements or the uh, trajectory problems to determine how to get the spaceship to the moon. And she actually theorized that if they just started off just a little bit, by time the spaceship would get close to the moon, it would miss it by a thousand miles. And sometimes for us, this is what happens to our faith if we don't have a chance to really keep it in order. That before long, all kinds of other things enter in and try to deceive us and try to push us away that our perfect faith in Christ gets contaminated. We also talked last week about what Satan's job was. He, in, in Genesis chapter 3, it talked about the Satan, the snake, being insidious and sneaky. And he deceived. He deceived Adam and Eve to cause them to break a relational relationship that they had with God. So what, are we, what do we want you to do today? We want you to kind of comprehend, take some time and go, okay, what is my faith in right now? Because a lot of us have unbeknownst to ourselves or really didn't realize that we've been deceived and we've laid the ladder of our faith against walls that are not eternal. We're believing in things that have no eternity whatsoever. So as we go on with this particular series, I wanted to be able to present to you today a concept of being able to actually see God, to actually see him, to actually say with our mouths, say, I believe but also to have an actual relationship with him. I need you to know this is very, very important. Listen closely. It says we can be religious, but not relational. I'm going to say it one more time. We can be religious, but not relational. Relational means that we have this relationship to God. That's where the ladder of my life leans on. It leans on the fact that he is exactly who he says he is and he will do exactly what he said he will do. So when he gives me a promise, I have to believe no matter what I see, God who cannot lie will fulfill that promise. So in the middle of the promise being given and the promise being fulfilled, I live in this kind of wilderness mentality where certain situations grasp me or hold my attention or cause incredible fear for me. I need you to know today, it's time to grab onto your ladder, pull it away from that wall of fear, that wall of doubt, that wall of hate or division, and put it back on the throne. So today we're going to have some fun. Are you ready to have some fun? Praise the Lord. I hear you out there. It says, listen closely, it says a cluttered faith will only allow you to see the mountains of opposition. A cluttered faith will only allow you to see the mountains of opposition. And then that's what's happening to us right now. We're seeing everything that's wrong. Everything, everything. And I mean, for us, it just keeps multiplying. Every news report, every media report, everything seems that it's gone astray. That it's absolutely wrong. Well, listen to me. That means our faith has been cluttered. Last week, we talked about a Jesus who was in the boat. And he said, we're going to the other side. 
A storm comes up and the, uh, the disciples who are on the boat go and wake Jesus up in fright and fear. They, they wake him up and, and, and cares die not for we perish, they say to, to Jesus. And Jesus goes to the boat, to the helm of the boat. He didn't grab onto the side of the boat, squeezing it, hoping that the wind would stop. He got up to the boat and he said, peace be still. The wind stopped. The swells of water ceased. And he asked them, he said, what's your problem? Why are you so afraid? So I'm asking that question again this week as we go through this. When your faith is cluttered, it leaves the door open for fear to enter in. So these people began to fear that the boat wasn't going to go to the other side. They forgot who said we're going to the other side. Has anything, hear me now, has any been, anything been able to stop God? Has anything been able to stop him? We're talking about the creator of heaven, earth, sun, moon, stars. We're talking about a God who created everything that we see. Even everything that we don't see. Has anything been able to stop God? No. So why are we full of fear? Let's have some fun today. Let me finish reading this. A cluttered faith will only allow you to see the mountains of opposition. An uncluttered faith will allow you to see the majesty atop all of the mountains. Is God greater than all the opposition? Yes, he is. Let's go to a verse that will highlight this for us and and help us out. And as we go to this particular verse, call somebody. Tell them to come watch Tuesday Church. Tell them we're having fun. Tell them old crazy Pastor Ben is in there yelling and screaming and spitting and doing, doing what he does. But they can come and enjoy this. They can come and learn something, be encouraged along their faith walk. All right. It says, this is Second uh, Kings chapter 6, verse 15 in the Amplified Translation. And it reads as follows. It says, the servant of the man of God got up early and went out. The man of God in this case is Elisha. And they're in the city of Dotham. All right. The servant of the man of God got up early and went out. And behold, there was an army with horses and chariots encircling the city. The Armenians had decided to kill Elisha because Elisha knew what the king was thinking even before he spoke it. Why? Because he's a prophet of God. So Elisha was causing all of the efforts of the king to be stymied. So he wanted to kill him. So he sent an army down to get him. So this servant walks out on the veranda and he looks out into the valleys and the mountains and he sees an army out there that has come for them. Listen closely. It says, Elisha's servant said to him, Oh no, my master, what are we to do? Elijah answered, Do not be afraid. Pretty powerful statement to give to his servant, isn't it? His servant is looking at an a, a enemy army who's about to come down on them. And he's telling his servant, do not be afraid. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Now think about this. So I'm telling you today, I don't care what you see. I don't care what you hear. I don't care what is being said. Do not be afraid. Why? Let's read on. Listen closely. It says, Elisha answered, do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. 
Now, I know the servant had to be blown away by now because the servant looks at Elisha and he looks at himself and goes, one, two, and out there is an army. (laughs) And this his master just said, there are more with us than there are with them. What does that mean? The, The servant had to go, my master has lost his mind. He looked out here and seen the army and he done lost. He told me, don't be afraid. He done lost his mind. But listen to what the word says. It says, then Elisha did what? He prayed. Oh, y'all got to hear me today. Elisha prayed. See, what we're missing in this, in this situation, when we see these oppositions, when we see these mountains of chaos and confusion, instead of praying, we capture fear. We yell, scream. We, we try to defend ourselves. We try to do all kinds of stuff. Elisha prayed in the face of extreme opposition, extreme circumstances. Elisha did what? He prayed. Listen closely. Then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw and behold, The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. How many of us need to have our eyes open again? How many of us? (laughs) That we have lost sight of the power of God. Can I tell you a secret today? There are more with the children of God than there are in the world. There are more for us and with us than opposition that is against us. What we have to do is quit looking at the opposition and look at the God who is above all this. I sure hope y'all are understanding me today. So he asked him to open his servant's eyes. And what did the servant see when his eyes opened? He seen a bigger army surrounding the army that was there. God told us that we win. Can I tell you a secret? Ready? Well, it's really not a secret because it's in your Bible. (laughs) We are the body of Christ. I'm going to say it slowly because I need us to get this. We are the body of Christ. That means Jesus died and was resurrected. He ascended up into heaven who sits on the right hand of God. Nothing will ever make him die again. Nothing will ever stop or change or slow down God's plan of having us be one people under God. That we'll all be standing in white robes. That we'll all be one thing. Nothing will ever stop that. So what you have to quit doing is looking at the army. You now need to pray that God will open your eyes and see his glory and see his majesty. Because it's real. Let me finish reading here. Y'all having fun yet? I'm good. I'm glad because I know I am. It says, when the Armenians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, listen closely, please strike this people, this nation with blindness. Now, he just asked God to open the eyes of his servants so he could see the majesty of God. Now he's asking the same God to close the eyes, to blind these people who are coming against the word of God. Can I tell you something today? I don't care what happens. When you come against the body of Christ, you're going to get blinded. 
But see, you have to understand what the body of Christ is. You can't be putting your ladder against something and thinking or calling that the body of Christ when it's not. This is how we have to unclutter our faith. The body of Christ is very simple and straightforward. And we're going to get to that in a second. Cool? It says, and God struck them with blindness in accordance with Elisha's request. Then Elisha said to the Armenians, this is not the way. (laughs) I'm not the guy you came looking for, nor is this the city. (laughs) Now listen to me. When they went there, they knew where they were going or else they wouldn't have got there. But because Elisha asked God to blind them, they don't even know where they're at anymore. Nor is this the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man whom you are seeking. He is the man. I said he is the man that they are seeking. God will protect us no matter what. Evil, nastiness, slander, all of these things may come at you, but they'll never be able to stick to you because God got you covered. Somebody say amen this morning. I need you to get this thing today. Listen closely. It says, then Elisha said to the Armenians, this is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man whom you are seeking. And he led them to Samaria. When they had come into Samaria, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so that they may what see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw, behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. Why was that a bad thing for them? Because the Armenians in Samaria were at war. So the enemy that came against the man of God (laughs) was blinded, led into the middle or the midst of their own enemy. Therefore, they're the ones who get trapped. They're the ones. So they came against Elijah and ended up being in the midst of the Samarians. Is anybody hearing me today? Are you sure? What am I asking you to do? Pray. Ask God to open your eyes so you might see. Let's go to another verse that I think will help us. What is it that you need to see? John chapter 1. Starting at verse 14, again, the Amplified Translation. And the word, Christ, became flesh and lived among us. And we actually saw his glory. Glory as belongs to the one and only begotten son of the father. Have you seen it? (laughs) Do you know of that glory? Do you know it? Have you seen it? Do you know what I'm talking about when, I, when they said, seen his glory? What has God done for you? What has he brought you through? See, this is the relationship part. Having this relationship with God, you know that he's brought you out of some things. He's brought you through some things. This you should hold on to because this is the God you didn't deserve to get out of that mess. You didn't deserve to get out of that situation. But God has decided because of his love, we get mercy instead of what we deserve. Oh, man. (laughs) And the word Christ became flesh and lived among us. And we actually saw his glory. Glory as belongs to the one and only begotten son of the father. The son who is truly unique. The only one of his kind who is full of grace and truth, absolutely free of deception. 
(laughs) The son who is truly unique. Listen closely. The only one of his kind. Who is full of grace and truth. Absolutely free of deception. Do you know him? I said, do you know him? We say we believe in God, but yet we will not let him be our Lord. Whom we surrender ourselves to. And we allow him to take us where he wants to take us. The second we feel uncomfortable, we don't want to go anymore. The second we don't like what things look like, we don't want to go anymore. So now you're telling a God who died because he loved you that you don't want to follow him anymore because you feel uncomfortable. I don't like what I see. He's telling you to do what? Pray and then have God open your eyes so you can see the real army surrounding the mess that's going on around us. John testified repeatedly about him. And it's cried out, testifying officially for the record with validity and relevance. This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I and has priority over me for he existed before me. Do you think John the Baptist knows who Jesus is? I think he does. How about you? Do you know who Jesus really is? Do you think Jesus is dead? Do you think God is dead? Do you think God has lost control? Better yet, do you think God is angry? All of God's anger went into Christ when Christ took all the sins of the world into his body. God is not angry. God is moving us somewhere. He's taking us somewhere. He is pruning us. He is making us more fruitful. That's what he's doing. And we have to grasp this. I know it doesn't feel comfortable being pruned. But who promised you to be comfortable? Cord said this this weekend. That great cloud of witnesses in chapter 11 of Hebrews. Had all kinds of things happen to them that was not comfortable. But they're in the Bible as representatives of our faith. Oh, I need you to know something today. God has not forgotten you. He has not abandoned you. He's taking you somewhere. Can you trust him enough to let go of what was so you can go to what will be? Well, I'm afraid, Pastor Ben, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. You're not supposed to know. You're supposed to have faith. The word says we walk by faith and not by sight. But we want to flip it. We want to walk by sight. And it won't work that way. You're going to have to trust God. Let me finish. It says for out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth. We have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. We don't feel like a gift, Pastor. (laughs) It don't feel like a spiritual blessing, Pastor. 
I don't know about you. I remember my mama. Whenever she would call me by my full name, I knew I was in trouble. And I knew that she was going to discipline me for something that I had did wrong. So I would learn so I wouldn't do that thing again. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. When she would yell out, Benjamin, I was looking for places in the house to hide. But she already knew where all those places were. But she disciplined me because she loved me. She showed me things because she wanted me to be a better man. Listen to me today, brothers and sisters. In John chapter 15, it tells us that we are branches attached to the tree. And if the branch is not fruitful, God will prune it. And if the pruning doesn't work, he'll cut it off. What does this mean to us? God is taking us somewhere and he's working in each and every one of us. What does he want from us? Don't look at the army of opposition. Look at the majesty that is surrounding the mountains that surrounding the army. Can you do that today? Can you take your minds off the mess and put it back on the throne? Can you do that? Or are you so consumed that you want everything to work out your way? Here's the scary part. This is what we do. You ready? We will actually try to make us think or make yourself think that God feels about people the same way you do. Oh, I need you to understand this today. That is not good. God doesn't feel about people the same way you do. Because if he felt about them like you think he should, he would think that way about you. Does anybody understand that today? So let God be God. He knows what he's doing. He knows the beginning, the middle, and everyone's story. You cannot determine somebody that you have made up today to say what they are and try to say what they're always going to be. I don't know about you, but I was crazy at one time in my life. I said some really stupid stuff. Oh, I did. I stood in front of my grandmother one day and told her, you know, God doesn't exist. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the Bible. I don't have anything to do with that stuff. You know what she did? Smiled. Said, Ben, I'm praying for you. And turned around and walked down the street. Man, I was so angry. I was so angry because I wanted her, I wanted her to engage me in my anger. She already knew that I was going to get over that nonsense. And here I am right now. So there's a whole bunch of people that you have determined that you want God to think about them as you think about them. And I'm here to tell you, you have unrealistic expectation. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. God so loved the what? Yeah. For the law was given through Moses, but grace, the unearned, undeserved favor of God and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. No one has seen God, his essence, his divine nature at any time. The one and only begotten God, that is the unique son who is in the intimate presence of the father. He has explained him and interpreted and revealed the awesome wonder of our father. Has he revealed it to you? Do you know the awesome wonder of our father? Do you know the awesome wonder of our father? 
I remember 1865 when they signed the Emancipation Proclamation. There was a lady who was 100 years old when it was signed. She was 100. That meant she had spent 100 years in slavery. 100 years without any rights, without anything, without anything to show. Her family had been taken care of away from her. Her husband had been hung. All these things had happened to the lady. So they asked her, ma'am, how do you feel today knowing that you're free? She, she said, I already knew God was going to free me. He promised that he would. Now, here's somebody who has went through stuff that none of you can connect to, that none of us can understand, that none of us can grasp. But she had faith in a God for no reason. There was nothing she could see with her eyes that would give her a reason to have faith in this God. But she had her eyes open spiritually and she was able to see a freedom that other people had taken away from her. Are y'all hearing me today? We're sitting around here all angry and upset and, and, and ripping stuff apart and yelling and screaming and wanting to fight and separate and do all that stuff. For what? Then settle down. Here's another verse <laughs> I need you to get and I'm going to close. Listen closely. John chapter 6, verse 25. When they finally found him, oh, this is the TPT translation. It's the passion translation. You'll love it. When they finally found him, they asked him, teacher, how did you get here? So Jesus had fed the 5,000. Now remember, how did he do it? Fish and a couple of loaves of bread, right? I think it was two fish, three loaves of bread, or was it three fish? We, don't, we know it was a small amount. We know that there was over 5,000 people that he fed at that particular time with those items. Everybody got that? So when Jesus is done, he's departing and he's going over to the other side. Jesus replied, let me make this very clear. Listen to me closely. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. I need you to get this today. Why are you following Jesus? Why? Because he makes you comfortable. Or because you actually believe in him. Because if you believe in him, if he is your Lord, that means you will serve him. You will subject yourself to him and you will follow him to places and in situations that aren't so much comfortable for you. But you will trust him that he's leading you somewhere. Is anybody hearing me today? See, Satan steps in in this vacuum. And this is where his deception is most powerful because he wants you to believe that where you're going is going to be bad for you. Where you're headed is going to be bad for you. Can you trust God? I said, can you trust God? Do you believe him? Let's read on. It says, Jesus says, why would you strive for food that is perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life, which never spoils. I, the son of man, am ready to give you what matters most. Everybody says what matters most. What matters most? 
what matters most. Again, in this particular thing, we're going to do a paradigm shift because right now you're dealing with what matters least. And what matters least is ruling your heart and your mind. And it's causing you to want to hate, to mis- misread people, slander people. That's what it's causing. And it's causing you to draw back in fear. Why? Because you're not dealing with what matters most. You're dealing with what matters least. Everything you see is temporary. I said every single thing you see is temporary. You want to stick with the eternal. I'm ready to give you what matters most for God. The father has destined me for this purpose. Man, I love this. They replied. So what should we do if we want to do God's work? Mm. Jesus answered the work you can do for God starts with starts with starts with believing in the one He has sent. Well, I believe Jesus, as long as Jesus does what I want him to. (laughs) I believe Jesus, as long as I believe that Jesus feels about these people the same way I do. I believe in Jesus as long as, so no, believing, adhering to, trusting in means faith is that thing that you can't see. You can't see where it's taking you. That's the thing. You have to trust him. So why I'm asking you today, say, Pastor Ben, why are you harping on this? Because we have leaned the ladder of our lives on the wrong walls. It's no longer what matters most. It's what matters least. And it's causing us to be full of fear. And whenever we're full of fear, we're easily deceived. And before long, you're looking at a glorious God who has created a magnificent, awesome, incredible plan. And you close your eyes. You blind yourself to what God has done. So today I'm asking you, open your eyes that you may see this glorious God. Almost done. They replied, show us a miracle (laughs) so we can see it. And then we'll believe in you. You need another miracle? I said, you need another miracle? What more do you need? (laughs) Moses took care of our ancestors who were fed by the miracle of manna every day in the desert. Just like the scripture says, he fed them with bread from heaven. What sign will you perform for us? The truth is, everybody say the truth is. (laughs) Jesus said, Moses didn't give you the bread of heaven. It is my father who offers bread that comes as a dramatic sign from heaven. The bread of God is the one who came out of heaven to give his life to feed the world. What are you eating, brothers and sisters? <laughs> What's going into your five gates? You're hearing, seeing, touching, smelling. What's, what are you feeding on right now? Because if you're feeding on Jesus, then you will not hunger and you will not thirst. But if you're not feeding on Jesus, then what happens? You're full of fear. You're full of brokenness. I don't know about you. I'm done. I am. I'm done. 
I'm tired. How do old folks say I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired? <laughs> I'm done. What am I done with? I'm done looking at something that is temporary and having it take my emotions and twist them into something that I'm not supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be a hater because God's love died for me. I'm supposed to be his body. And if I'm his body, I should see the world as he does. I should love like he loves. I should not be afraid because what is there for God to fear? What is it that Jesus fears? What is it that Jesus fears? He fears nothing because nothing can touch him. All of his enemies have been made his footstool. So maxing you today, what are you eating? (laughs) What are you feasting on? You'll know what you're feasting on because you are what you eat. And if you're feasting on fear, guess what you are? Afraid. And guess what fear does? Causes anger. Causes mistrust. It causes all those things. Man, we're sitting around here not trusting nobody, have all kind of crazy ideas and things. Stop. Let's go back to what matters most. I'm almost done, I promise. So then they said, then please, sir, give us this bread every day, they replied. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me. Come how often? Every day to me and you will never, never be hungry. Believe in me and you will never be thirsty. (laughs) Yet I've told you that even though you've seen me, you still don't believe in me. But everyone my father has given to me, they will come. And all who come to me, I will embrace and will never turn them away. And I have come out of heaven, not for my own desires, but for the satisfaction of my father who sent me. My father who sent me has determined that I will not lose even one of those he has given to me. And I will raise them up in the last day. God sent Jesus on this mission. It's a fail-proof mission. It can't fail. So why are we believing that it is? My father who sent me has determined that I will not lose even one of those he has given to me and I will raise them up in the last day. For the longing of my father is that everyone who embraces the son, not just say I believe, but embraces the son and believes in him will experience, ooh, Jesus, eternal life and I will raise them up in the last day. I'm not even going to read this last verse. You can read it at home. I need you to get something today. My heart breaks. When I see us squander the death of our Lord and Savior 
when I see us look away from the cross and look to the chaos and have more faith in the chaos than we do the cross. That breaks my heart. You know, I remember screaming out one time when I was overworked doing some work at a church. And I mean, I was overworked and I was tired. And just when I thought we were free, somebody brought in a bunch more dishes and pans for me to wash. And I remember when I seen that little trailer come into the kitchen, I went, Jesus Christ. Somebody yelled out to me, don't take his name in vain. (laughs) I don't know who you call on when you're overwhelmed. I call on Jesus. Second, you don't take his name in vain unless you have stopped believing that he is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. So right now, right this minute in your life, I need you to look right here at Pastor Ben and say, I'm going back to what matters most. I want to be Like Elisha's servant. I need to have my eyes open so I can see that God has a greater army around anything that I am fearing right now. Second, I have to be relational. I have to trust that God is doing something in me. Because I can't stay the same way and expect to go where he wants me to go. I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So can you trust him today? Hmm. Can you open your arms and embrace Jesus? And then hold on. See, because you're not going to know where you're going. But he does. And you're going to have to trust him that he's not taking you to disaster He's taking you to victory. Brothers and sisters, I thank you. This series is going to go on and and, and we're going to really try to untangle some things. I hope we were able to do some of that today. Please go tell some folks, man. If they need to get some things untangled or uncluttered, turn into Tuesday church. We're doing our best to get back to what matters most. He's an awesome God. Let's go back to looking at his awesomeness instead of the chaos. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. Come on out. Tell somebody. That old crazy Pastor Ben is talking crazy on Tuesdays. I think you'll like the crazy. God bless.